So we're exploring this glorious, this magnificent passage in Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we're coming to a verse that says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Well, before we look at the issue of God's elect, we want to consider what it means that it is God who justifies. And it is a marvelous message. This is uh, Colin Cook here, and this is how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to Good News. Good news from the book of Romans. This is Paul who was appointed, that is the writer of Romans, is Paul who was appointed by Jesus Christ. And thus we have a message here from God himself. And the message is so startlingly good, it is almost beyond our ability to believe it. In fact, of course, it is beyond our ability to believe it. And therefore, faith is a gift from God. It, is, it does not come as a result of our uh, will to believe and our ability to somehow gin up enough uh, confidence in God. No, God gives faith, and when he does, we then use it to explore more of the good news and more of his grace, and we grow in our love for others and love for God, because once we have been relieved from guilt and shame and fear, we have enough emotional energy to spread around. Well, thanks again for joining me. You can listen to this program every Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. But you can also listen to it any time of the day or night on your smartphone or other remote device, simply download a free app, SoundCloud, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there, or go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest. Also go to faithquest.podbean.com. You can hear it there too. So Paul says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And so last time we discovered that the proof of God being for us is that he gave us the gift of his son. And then comes this verse, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies now, as I say, we'll, we'll examine the who are the elect uh, at another time soon. But right now, let me let you linger on that statement, that simple sentence, it is God who justifies. What do Christians generally think about God and the judgment? Well, they think about God judging the world— and the judgment to come is an examination of all the things that we have have done. And therefore, he then um, exercises judgment, which is to destroy or send to hell most of the population of the world and redeem and save those who are elect or those who have trusted in him. But listen the message here is that it is God who justifies. You say, yes, but it says justifies the elect. Yes, it does, and I'll explain who those people are at a later date, so keep tuned, stay tuned. 
But the idea that God justifies the elect or that God justifies people needs some really careful thinking through. Because we tend to think of God as the judge who is um, simply going to examine all that we've ever done and uh, judge us accordingly, which might mean that we will be sent to hell. But the idea that God justifies states this, that God declares innocent. God declares innocent. That is what the word justifies means. To justify is to reckon or declare or consider as or adjudicate as innocent. Now, every one of us knows, of course, that we're not innocent, right? We've sinned, we've done wrong, we're still dealing with our issues, and we're not innocent by any means. But, of course, God gave us his Son. And the gift of his Son is not only the light that comes into our darkness and leads us back to the Father, thanks be to God for that, but the gift of his Son is also that he takes the burden of our guilt and shame and fear and is executed for it, takes the judgment for it, and thus dies on the cross on our behalf. So, God justifies us by giving us his Son, who is our justice by proxy or on our behalf, as a sacrifice for our sins so that we might be considered to be as if we were righteous. Now, this idea that God justifies involves his defense of us. In the book of Daniel, Daniel sees the little horn, the Antichrist, working against God's people and persecuting them and killing them. And then it says, I was watching until the Ancient of Days came, that's God the Father, and a judgment was made. Oh, that's a judgment where the Son of Man comes before the one seated on the throne. In, this is Daniel chapter 7. A judgment was made in favor of the saints. In favor of the saints. In the King James Version, it, was, it is a judgment was given to the saints. But the word, the preposition to, is actually in Hebrew the preposition for, which is in favor of. And so God is going to judge in favor of the world. Now, I've made a big jump there when I said the world instead of the elect, but as I say, we'll explore the elect a little later and find that it's all the world whom God has elected. The point that I want to make today, though, is that God is judging in your favor. What an astonishing thing. But this judgment scene... What's that all about then? Who's, if he's judging in our favor, then who's trying to accuse us as not being in our favor? Well, of course, he's talking about the forces of evil. He's talking about Satan. Satan, the, the word Satan means accuser, someone who accuses us, endlessly um, claiming that we have no right to salvation, no right to be called righteous, no right to any of God's blessings. 
He is the accuser of the brethren, and it is God who defends us. Now think of it. If you think that God is the judge only, well, think of what a situation that is. You've got Satan on the one hand accusing you, and God on the other hand accusing you. If that's the case, we are done for. But if Satan is on one hand accusing us, and God, through his Son, on the other hand, is defending us, then that is the glory of the gospel. The gospel is God's defense of all who trust in him. And so what we see here is that it is God who is the justifier. Now let's say this in another way. Some Christians have the view that Jesus is the one who is nice and good and kind, and God the Father is the fearful judge, and that Jesus has to plead his blood in order to convince the Father to accept us. You might have been brought up with that childish notion. But no, it is not the truth. The truth is that God is the defender. He is the protector. He doesn't need any convincing to accept us. He loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And God the Father and God the Son are working in tandem with the Holy Spirit as well to defend his people, to defend all who trust in him. And so when you are in the midst of your struggles with tremendous a tremendous sense of guilt or fear or shame, perhaps you haven't overcome everything you want to, you feel you should, or perhaps you haven't done in this world what you should do for the sake of the kingdom of God and you um, don't have much to show for your Christian life, the devil comes along and accuses you. Well, if you think God is going to be convinced of Satan's accusation, then, as I say, you will sink into despair. But if you know that God the Father says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, even the Lord Most High rebuke you, is this not a brand plucked from the burning? You remember that? You remember that passage? I think it's Zechariah. Yes, it is, of course. And Zechariah chapter 3, Zechariah uh, is depicting there um, the uh, prophet uh, who was the, the priest who was redeemed from uh, the uh, Babylonian captivity and was appointed priest, and Satan was standing before him accusing him, basically saying, I presume to God, look, you have no right to appoint this man as a priest. He's been a sinner in Babylon. Look how he's been contaminated and spoiled by all of the paganism of that country for all these years, decades. You can't appoint him as a priest. And God says, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord Most High rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the burning? Zechariah 3, I think it is. So do you see how God is defending us against Satan? Now look, if you don't know that, your mind will fail you in the moment of trial. Because your mind will be on Satan's side. It will accuse you just as long uh, 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 and agree with Satan's accusations. Satan says, you're a sinner, you've done this and that and the other. And the, and the mind says, yes, I know, and I don't know what to do about it. And on we go, agreeing with the devil. That's what brings people down. 
But if you understand that you can place your mind in the hands of God because God is the one defending you, then you can say to Satan, I will not listen to your lies because my God defends me and he has justified me and he has declared that I am innocent in his presence through the judgment that Christ took on my behalf. This is just glorious, do you see? What does this ultimately imply? What it ultimately implies is that the final judgment is a redemptive judgment. The coming of Christ is a judgment that separates the the sheep from the goats. But in the final judgment, there is a reconciliation of all things, because according to Isaiah 45, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall acknowledge and take an oath that in Christ alone is their righteousness and strength. And you know that that verse in Isaiah 45 is quoted in the New Testament in uh, in uh, uh, Romans chapter 11 as applying to the final judgment and as applying to our allegiance to Jesus. So you see, lift up your heads. God is going to defend you. If you feel that you have been battered and broken by this world's bruises, Then lift up your head and say, Father, I thank you that you, the righteous judge, will defend me because of Christ, who is my righteousness. Now, you may want to support this program. It it lifts your heart, it thrills you, it gives you new faith, it gives you new confidence in God, and you sense that it deserves your uh, your support. Right on. You are right on the button there. It does deserve your support. Would you then send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com, faithquestradio.com. This program is now in its 25th year, and it costs $39 per 15 minutes to keep it going. Please help. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.